SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. What's the good word, my man? You back there? (laughs) I don't hear Stevie. I'll go on the premise. We're good to go. Uh, Bruce Marshall's here. How you doing, Bruce? Good. Stevie's making bets on the NHL tonight. Uh, He may very well be. My goodness. Um, How you doing? Busy week. Crazy week. Yeah, we got the the, uh, gold sheet issue of the Super Bowl out, and I I finished up the season reviews for all the, uh, the teams that lost in the playoffs to this point. But I had to do some late editing uh, Sunday after the trade from uh, uh, Detroit to the Rams, which we'll talk about in a minute, which is a big deal. And uh, that altered a few different write-ups because uh, Stafford figured to be in play for uh, many teams there. So you had to sort of change what I wrote about the Colts and what I wrote about the Red, the Washington, and uh, to accommodate the Rams actually making the deal, which was rumored, uh, but it actually consummated a lot quicker than we thought. What did you make of these Stafford Goff deal. If the Rams don't win a Super Bowl out of this, uh, they lose this deal. Um, it's it's an awfully big price to pay for Stafford, and maybe and and this is the reason they did it. And I I think we suspected there was some uh, uh, disappointment in, in Goff's progress, but it was further along than we thought. However. Uh, if I'm a Rams fan, though, I might be starting to wear a little bit thin with with uh, Sean McVay, who is very anxious to throw people under the bus, it looks like to me. And I think some of Goff's problems in the last couple of years might trace back to some of the play calling on McVay's part and getting a little bit too cute. Um, but the bottom line is this offense really hasn't been the same since Bill Belichick sort of exposed it in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And got into Goff's head and, and outfoxed uh, McVeigh, and only sporadically since then have we seen the Rams look like they did before uh, that Super Bowl. So, uh, I mean, uh, we'll see. There are some historical equivalents to this trade, which we can get into in a minute. But I think the bottom line is, um, if the Rams don't win a Super Bowl out of this, they probably lose this trade because that was an awfully big price to pay. The one thing, it, the salary dump was big. Yeah. I mean, the, the the deal they gave Goff was nuts. The Lions get a bevy of picks. Yeah. But if this guy doesn't get better, it's it can be kind of an albatross. But the Rams, when you look at that defense, are kind of in a win mode now. Um, eight, you know, you had the Acres kid ran the ball really good. They've got good wideouts. And I was always, it's funny, to Stevie in the first hour, he's always critical of McVeigh. In that they were, they be gets my biggest pet peeve is the wasting and frittering of timeouts. 
they were like the biggest offender every week. I'd watch them waste one, two times. And in retrospect now, I'm wondering, because it, it's the coach. I'm sorry. The buck stops with that coach. But I wonder if all those, a lot of that is, was it not shuttling plays in, or could Goff have been part and parcel of not getting these guys ready to get to the line of scrimmage in time? It, it could be either. And uh, and I'm not dismissing this trade from the Rams' perspective. I mean, this might be a worthwhile deal for them. Like I said, it's uh, the the threshold for them. The bar is raised high. You win the Super Bowl with with, with Stafford, or this this really isn't worth it. But they might. They might. They have a better chance. I think probably with Stafford going forward in the next couple of years. But it also shows um, sort of a, a mindset creeping into the NFL now that you don't have to always have this long range four or five year mindset okay we're going to develop a quarterback and get him in here you know find a guy who was you know if, if you think you're ready to win now you do it now this is what tampa bay is doing tampa bay's uh, t- uh time frame here this year and maybe next mm-hmm. with this with this thing and that's it and then they're going to have to start well, all over again that's 20, what I, I said to stevie in hour number one if he stays upright and, and has, keeping stafford healthy has kind of been one of the issues for him his yeah. entire career but if he stays upright could they not be next year's Bucks? Yes, yes, they could. Yeah, because the defense is there and and everything else. But there, this is also um, McVeigh is now uh, on on the uh, on the line here right now. I mean, this is I, I think he wanted this deal as much as Les Snead did. The other thing about the Rams and, and, and Snead, uh, he's been very uh, anxious to deal away draft picks over the years. Um, and uh, almost the way George Allen used to do it. I mean, there, he is he's it's a win now sort of mindset, which if you're a Rams fan, I guess is okay if you can keep doing this. Also, that draft five years ago with Wentz on the on the ropes in, in Philadelphia and Goff now out of LA, it shows how precarious the life of a quarterback can be in the NFL because those were the top two picks in that draft. And uh, one is like I said in the ropes, and another one has been traded. So we'll see. Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet is here, and we're thrilled about that. we got a busy week ahead. We'll tell you all about that in the next segment. Don't forget our friends at John Smith Subs. they got a big Super Bowl special um, uh, catering package. We'll give you the word on that. Don't forget tomorrow, the buy one sub, get one free, any size sub, 9701 West Flamingo. And our friends at Oasis, 4955 South Decatur with the great gaming promotions and the give back to the players, 5000 bucks each and every month. We're at Sunset Station today. We're coming right back to Las Vegas Sportsbook Radio on the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. There's only ever been one thing in your life that's been there for you. It's meant memories, family, friends, and yeah, we'll say it, fun. Welcome to your home for talking sports. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, back with you here, Sportsbook Radio on the Sports Grid Radio Network, Series Channel 204, AM 1400 KSHP. Brian Blessing, out at Sunset Station here on a Monday, racing towards the big game. Bruce Marshall is here. Uh, but the good news is, I thought maybe I offended Stevie in the first hour that he just went on a work sabbatical. But apparently you're back. Is that correct? I, I am back. It doesn't mean you didn't offend me, though, at some point. But I am back. <laughs> <laughs> we, 
Well, the odds are high I offended you. Very high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Prohibitive favorite, Minus Bruce. Minus 450. Yeah. I, I, think, I think higher. They won't even put it on the board. It's, hey, it's, we were talking about uh, the big trade, Bruce, and during the commercial break. It's, it's one of the treats. Not a, not a treat. We do the show. We take a break. But during the break, it's, you would think the show never ends. So no matter who's in here or Stevie down the line, and we just keep going, right? We're talking among, amongst ourselves. But there have been some monster trades in the history of the NFL, and there was one that you think is eerily similar to this, the Goff-Stafford deal. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, Brian and Stevie. The, the the one that is most similar to this is the uh, Jay Cutler trade from Denver to Chicago nine uh, what after 2008, so it's like 12 years ago now, when McDaniels came into Denver. But the parameters are exactly the same. Just slot in uh, Cutler for Stafford and slot in Kyle Orton for, uh, Gerald Goff, uh, for, for Jared Goff. You've also got uh, two first-round picks and a third-round pick that Chicago sent to Denver like the Rams sent to Detroit. And it's exactly the same, although, you know, you, you know, Stafford, I mean, year 11 years or whatever versus Cutler, three years at that point. But it's still it's the same structure as that deal. Uh, two quarterbacks and a lot more went one way and the other with draft picks, but it's a it's eerily similar to the Cutler deal uh, from uh, uh, Denver to Chicago back after uh, back after the 08 season. But there's a lot of other quarterback trades throughout history that have been kind of interesting. Um, the, the, the Lions shipped out Bobby Lane to the Steelers uh, after the uh, 57 season, and that was a kind of a big deal at that point. Earl Morrill came back the other way, but there were some other things involved. That was big. Um, in our lifetimes, uh, that was uh, right about the start of my lifetime, but um, uh, the Norm Sneed, Sonny Jurgensen trade yeah. after the 63 season. Fran Tarkenton was involved in a couple of trades. Uh, when the Vikings first, this is very interesting, after 66, they traded him to the Giants for two ones and two second-round picks. Interestingly, he had had enough of Norm Van Brocklin and said, I want it out, sort of demanded the trade. The Vikings suddenly traded Tarkin and they fired Van Brocklin or pushed him out. And that's when they brought in Joe Kapp who, next year. Who did he – I'm usually good at this. You and I go try to go toe-to-toe. Um, oh, come on. I, I can't, I'm not grabbing any of the Giants wide receivers. I remember those Tarkin teams in New York. The, the guy I always remember is Spider Lockhart on the well, other he, side of the yeah. ball. Well, they had, he had Homer Jones and he Homer had Jones. Homer Jones and Joe Morrison. Yeah, uh, and uh, Rich Kotite was actually a tight end for okay. later 60s, early 70s. But Tarkinen then got traded back to the Vikings after 71. Norm Sneed was involved in that deal the other way in some picks. Norm Sneed had been traded from the Eagles to the Vikings the previous year. That's not too dissimilar at that stage of his career and not having won a playoff game uh, to where Stafford is now. John Hadle to the Rams from the Chargers. This is very similar from a Rams perspective. Uh, from the Chargers to the Rams, actually, after the 72 season, although there weren't really as many draft choices involved, but the same sort of thing. A quarterback like Hadle, who had been producing well, but in a team that had not been getting to the playoffs, gets traded. More so, the next year, the Rams traded Hadle to Green Bay and got five draft picks for him. It is it is uh, largely credited with the, the Rams continuing to be relevant through the late 70s and stalling Green Bay's progress. Dan Devine was at the middle of that deal, and it was a mistake. He needed a quarterback, and he way overpaid uh, for Hadle. The Rams also brought Burt Jones in late in his uh, career. 
I'm not counting the Joe Namath deal. He was already shot by that point. Uh, Jones, though, uh, this is a little bit similar to Burt Jones coming over from uh, the Colts, although he was sort of uh, damaged goods by that point, too. But the bottom line is there's been a lot of trades involving quarterbacks over the decades, and uh, this is not the first one. There's not as many in recent years because I'm citing the McDaniels trade of Orton and Cutler 12 years ago is the most maybe the most recent of these. Uh, Charlie Johnson and Pete Bethard got swapped between the Oilers and Cardinals uh, before the 70s. So, there, I mean, there have been a lot throughout history, but this is right up there with the bigger but ones. But, and Stevie, you, you were quick to bring up during the break, this was a deal that involved 18 players when it was all said and done. It wasn't a quarterback, but there was a trade that was the direct as a direct result of the trade, three Super Bowls were won. Yeah, well, to me, the biggest trade ever in the NFL was Herschel Walker uh, going from Dallas to Minnesota and Dallas uh, picking up all those draft picks that, without which they would not have won three Super Bowls in the 90s. Would not have won. They got linebacker Jesse Solomon, linebacker David Howard, Isaac Holt, Alex Stewart, Minnesota's first in 1990, first and second in 90, also a sixth, then in 91, they got their first and second again. And then you went into 92. It was their first, second, and third. That's well, unbelievable. Well, that was, that was the biggest heist. Ever. That was unbelievable. Well, and then Dick uh, had a framazoid with the Saints, right? Right. Ricky Williams on the, the drafting, giving his whole draft up for Williams. But, you know, getting but back to our, our quarterbacks, I mean, uh, you know, this is, uh, uh, yeah, the, the Walker deal was uh, something uh, – was something else, but uh, you don't see too many of these big trades like this. We're we're citing stuff. Even the Walker trade was over 30 years ago, and uh, and by the, that was a uh, Jimmy Johnson, and right at the start of Jerry Jones's run there, and uh, Johnson was very instrumental in that making that Walker deal happen. Uh, so it, it once in a while you do. Um, I don't think this is going to be that lopsided. Well, who, I'm just who technically pulled the trigger on that? That was was that Jimmy Johnson. Was a football guy? Was Schram still there? Or did he leave no, with Landon? That was that was after. That was that was but, Jimmy. But I mean, again, you look at the Cowboys' fate. I mean, just continually oh. going on and on with Jerry Jones. Get a football guy in there. Yeah, because Johnson was making the decisions mm-hmm. those years, and uh, Jerry was just acting upon what Johnson wanted. Then they the egos got in the way, and that's when they pushed Johnson out. After even Barry Switzer. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, was a beneficiary of that yes, trade. He was. That's right. That, that was that was Jimmy's team. He inherited, and they won that one Super Bowl. Uh, but uh, you know that that was his lopsided trade. But you, we've seen you know uh, big quarterback deals uh, in in the past, and it's kind of fun going back and looking at at, at quarterback trades. They used to happen a lot more than they do uh, now. And I think back. To, I meant I mentioned that when John Hadle came to the. Rams that year there was a whole bunch of trades that sort of intertwined the Rams sent Gabriel Roman Gabriel to Philadelphia the Chargers got a washed up Johnny Unitas from the Colts they sent out Hadle they also drafted Dan Fouts that year Um, so it's interesting to look back and put those pieces together but the one like I say really reminds me of this one this is the Cutler uh, to the Bears trade uh, a do-over that the specifics of it from 12 years ago and to just put it to bed I'm just curious you know one game could one game have been that massive when the Rams were just like a track meet and then they go to the Super Bowl and they couldn't get out of their own way and then they were never the same again was was the blueprint basically given in that game yeah I think so I think so and all that you know the misdirection stuff and the, the things that had worked for McVay uh, 
Belichick just sort of uh, completely checkmated McVay in that game and sort of funneled everything the Rams wanted to do back into the center of the field. He reduced the field on what uh, uh, Goff could do. And up to that point, McVay's offense and his play calling, what he's doing, they were really able to use the whole width of the field as good as any team in recent years. They haven't been able to do that since, and I really do think Belichick uncovered something. And McVay hasn't really been able to properly adjust mm-hmm. to it since and that's why you've seen some of these crazy numbers they've had in the last two years more so last year than this year uh with golf throwing you know 45 50 even over 60 times in some games bruce marshall from the gold sheets here at sportsbook radio lunchtime with the line makers and we invite you when you come to vegas uh, get yourself a mobile app get several i think you're doing yourself a favor convenience shop for numbers and you get a hundred dollar sign up bonus when you get the STN mobile app. Coming back to Sunset Station in a moment on the Sports Grid Radio Network Series Channel 204. Stick around, more Sportsbook Radio to come. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back with you here, Sportsbook Radio from Sunset Station. Uh, news for the Golden Knights fans here in town. Uh, there are games that have been postponed. Uh, we just had a Zoom press conference with Kelly McCrimmon, general manager, a little while ago, and he said an announcement was coming from the league. Here it is. The games are going to be made up. Uh, the game with the Blues has been moved to March 22nd, and the San Jose games that are by the boards this week will be February 13th and February 25th. And a game at Arizona, at Anaheim moved to April 23rd. This is the nature of the beast. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot, and Bruce Marshall here from the Gold Sheet. The irony is um, Saturday night on Hockey Night in Canada, Chris Johnson does a great job. And he was talking about the NHL built a buffer. There's a week to 10-day buffer at the end. And he thinks they'll still be okay. But the irony of this whole thing from the NHL's perspective was cramming this thing in because they didn't want to lose their TV platform for the Olympics. Well, I hope, I mean, I hope the Olympics is a go, but that's a coin flip at best right now. And and the league's kind of painted themselves into this corner wrapped around something we're not sure is going to happen. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there's still, it's it's hardly 100% sure the Olympics are going to be a go. I mean, Japan's saying it ain't. The IOC's like, well, wait a minute. Like, well, I know the IOC think they're they're this, that, and a yeah. hell of a lot more, but I don't know. I don't know who's going to want to travel. I mean, they, they they may not end up having that, but you're right. Um, and by the way, back to my Olympics thing. I, I have not met one person who missed no Olympics last summer. Not one. Um, and I don't know what, what it is. I mean, I love hockey. Uh, believe me, I'm all in. I watch it. This, I don't, I, there's something about it that, like the swimming, other than like, okay, well, let's see, can Michael Phelps do something or keep it going? I don't know. The swimming seems to be, it's all the same thing. And then the track, I, I don't know. Um, I love the Winter Olympics. Oh, yeah. I love the downhill. I love yeah. the hockey. I like biathlon. I like the ski jump. I, 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 I personally have always liked, loved the Winter Olympics more than the summer. Games. Well, I, I think the coverage has become too distorted in too many different sports. 
Uh, I frankly, I don't like the way NBC covers it near as much as I used to like it's the way Americanized. NBC did. Just show it. Yes. You know, I grew up. Yeah. You know, my formative years. Yeah. In Buffalo, you got mm-hmm. CBC. Yeah. So there, you would get the Canadians' coverage of this. And if it happens at three in the morning, it happens at three in the morning, and they yeah. show it. You know, instead of it's an edited and taped thing that. The terrifying fear is you find out the result of it before you watch it, which, to me, ruins any sporting event. Yeah, that's what was so neat about uh, Mexico City in 68, because it was all pretty much live on TV, and ABC used to do a great job with it. Uh, 72 Munich, it was mostly delayed. Uh, Montreal in 76 was mo- was live, because it was in the Eastern time zone. So they it's could, all in the time zone. Yeah, they could do it. But, uh, but I just... And even when NBC finally took it over in 88, the first... One or two Olympics, I thought they did okay, which would have been Seoul and Barcelona. But then it started to veer off. And I almost think, you know, the whole dream is, I don't want to get too much on this tangent, but when the dream team came in 92, that took up too much oxygen from a normal Olympic. And that became the main storyline when, you know, it's NBA all And we All-Stars see these guys team. all the time. Yeah, and it, it I think from that point forward, the coverage is just sort well, of... Well, the yeah. greatest... Honestly, one of the greatest events, and maybe it's at the top of the list for for sports. Period. They showed it on tape delay. It was when the U.S. beat Russia yeah. in Lake Placid. Yeah. That game was at, I think it was at five o'clock Eastern time. Yeah. And I know I was covering. I was at a college basketball game. I was at yeah. a Kings Scranton college basketball game, and they gave the score. They stopped. They stopped the game and played God Bless America in the arena. Wow. And the game and but the game, you know, <laughs> well, it was like the game was over. And now it's coming on TV. Remember, then the, the game on Sunday against uh Finland was not originally supposed to be that was gonna be delayed too. If memory serves, I remember I was in an apartment in in northeastern Pennsylvania. We had just got married and it was a Sunday morning. Yeah. It was Sunday morning at like 10, 10 o'clock. And it was a major deal when ABC said, we're putting this on live. And because they weren't planning it, but they said at that point they had to do it, put it on live. So uh, they were yeah. behind in that game, too. That's right. That's right. They came <laughs> they came back late. I mean, it's funny, you know, when you think of all the things we talk about in angles, honestly, them winning, the U.S. winning that game yeah. was a massive accomplishment. Because wouldn't you deem that to be the greatest letdown in the history of sports yep. and they they were able to win yeah well that's why uh, the it, it mirrored 1960 when they beat the soviets in the second to last game uh and um then they had to win i think it was the the, the czechs they had to beat in, in the final game um but yeah it, the mirror the comparisons to 1960 were eerie so how about the props bruce how have you approached the props over the years i love it i think there's a lot of stuff in there that it, it, it's like it's like uh, the odds makers are fishing. You know, we're out there in the pond. You know, it's like, what, will you take the bait here? Yeah. You have to be judicious. Oh, sure. Very selective. And there's a real dose of common sense. Like, like one, Antonio Brown. He's projected to have three and a half catches. I don't know. You know I've, we heard much about anything about him, but if he goes, he may not be a hundred percent. But he's projected to have three and a half catches, but eighteen and a half yards receiving. 
Well, I'd play the over 18 and a half yards receiving because he could get that on the first catch. Yeah. But there's no guarantee he's out there well, beyond the one catch. It's it's a real trick. I'm glad you brought that up um, because I have been involved with soccer and overseas for quite a while. Yep. And, and the offerings they have in every game on most of the sites there and the 365 and others, there's props galore on every single EPL game and Liga and Bundesliga and Serie A and all that. So it doesn't hit me like, wow, look at all these things you can bet on like it does some people. What I, I think that the danger for a lot of people is that there's so much of an offering here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your point about being judicious is very important. I have seen people who are pretty shrewd about this stuff. Normally, normally they might bet a handful of games per week in the regular season. And they'll unfurl dozens of bets on props for the Super Bowl. They can't get enough of it, and they're all over the board with it. Now, it's to each his own, you know, whatever you want to do, whatever you're more comfortable with. But I've always thought, you know, if you're going to play props, uh, be careful. Don't get carried. Don't go all over the board. Have some idea how you think the game is going to play out in your mind. It should be. You're, I mean, and, it, and, and base base your prop bets on how you think the thing is exactly. going to go. It's the flow of the game. It's the flow. And then said to Stevie that it's not rocket science, but a lot of the guys that go over are on the losing side. Sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, but but I see so many people bet so many different props in this thing, and. Um, to the point, I mean, there's the inane props, there's the cross sport props, there's the length of the national anthem and the coin toss. I mean, it's like, I, and there's I people, bailed on those. I yeah, bailed, oh, the, you should. The, well, the water cooler ones are fun and cute. Yeah. But, Bruce, you have to handicap two things. Yeah. And it's so, I mean, and I, and the worst, I hear people touting like these things, like, you know, there's an angle to this stuff and you got to do it to the coin flip stuff, too. I, I mean, just be <laughs> just be careful on this stuff, but but hand, use the thought process like you normally would for a regular <laughs> handicap of the game, and ba- and base your any bets on that. But just like I said, it, just be careful not it, to bet. It was, it was hilarious. I was I, I was with Jay Cornegay over yep. the weekend, <laughs> and he was talking about the, the the coin flip. Yeah, he said they always need tails. They need tails. Yeah. He said the one year he said they actually made tails minus the dollar twenty. They're looking at each other. What are we doing? It's a coin flip. I know. <laughs> and the way and you get a cheer on the coin flip watching it. If you're in, I wish I, I, I cringe for the next next year. Hopefully we'll be able to all congregate in a big place to watch it. But uh, it too and too many people get, go too crazy with this stuff because there's so many no, different offerings. I usually I mean eight eight to ten somewhere something like. But you'll find things in there that you just say listen even if you're wrong. I think what the props give you, and we got about 40 seconds, but even if you're wrong on the game, you, you'd have a fail-safe that the prop could still hit. Yeah. That even if it's high-scoring or low-scoring, Daniel Sorensen's going to have a truckload of tackles. I don't yeah. care if it's high-scoring or low-scoring. It's, it's, it's hard to watch a game when you've got a bet like on every play. So that's that's the other thing. It's not that enjoyable to watch a game when you're just so many different things. So be judicious. Yeah, no, I miscalculated. We still have another minute. Um, but it, I love it. I mean, okay, I'm looking at the Chiefs 96 and a half yards rushing as a team, as a group. Well, they could just throw it all over creation. But you're getting Edward Solaire, who may not be 100%, the Williams kid, Mahomes can scramble, and you know Hill for sure will get a carry. And the last game, Hardman got a 51-yard end around. 
Yep. You're giving me all those guys that could run the football 96 and a half yards. I, I think that's a smart play. Well, see, and there, and, and you have visualized how you it, it, think this game will proceed, and you're making your opinions according to how you see that. I can't believe I yeah. what I said. As goofy as it, analytics and I'm telling you, when you're doing it, close your eyes and just try to envision yeah. the game, how you think the game will go, and then. You'll find those spots where the uh, that's a that moves wrong, yeah. and it's like anything you want you want to get the best of the number too. I can understand why Jay and all the sportsbook managers love these things though, because people go crazy and they're and oftentimes they they shade the over because people are thinking and it's already smoke. baked into the cake. You baked it, yeah. All right, we're gonna take a quick timeout. Good stuff. Bruce Marshall's here. Stevie Slapshot. It's Sportsbook Radio coming to you from Sunset Station. Glad to be with you. Getting Super Bowl week underway. Right here from uh, AM 1400 KSHP in Las Vegas, the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sportsbook Radio in Las Vegas. Brian Blessing, Bruce Marshall. We're out at Sunset Station. Vegas Hockey Island comes up locally uh, after the top of the hour. Mike Lewis is going to join us from the Sun Coast. Chuck Esposito is going to swing by. Um, Stevie, of course. Stevie Slapshot's with us as well. These the sportsbook directors. My heart goes out to them. It really does. You get to know these guys. It's Super Bowl week, but at all these places. The business of a casino. <laughs> These guys, yeah, okay, yeah, you got a financial meeting today, or you got this, you got that. And it's like, it's like, hey guys, there's like a football game coming here. <laughs> My hair's on fire, and it's like it's all of them. They they they're always getting tugged, and it's yeah. it's it, well, even for an idiot like me, taping this a podcast here, or this it, it, the week is a blur. Yeah, well, it's such a big deal. As this is why I'm a little worried, you know. Uh, to, to a certain extent, you know, how all the, you know, the numbers are going to look this week just for the hotels and casinos here, because this is such a big week. And it's also the sort of week where the people, not just in the sports books, but, uh, uh, the waitresses and the, and the, and the bus boys and all, they want to make sure they're working this week because, uh, there's so much activity in business. I mean, this is when they want to all really work. And, uh, this year, uh, this week is not going to be, you know, too much different than than most weeks because you're not you don't have these big parties at the at the hotels. They can't this year, and uh, you're probably not going to. It's like New Year's. The New Year's numbers were were well down this year, and then the Super Bowl numbers, at least as far as uh, people, the the entire hotel operation will be down. Now the sports books have been able to insulate themselves somewhat. A lot of it is the, the mobile apps, so people are still betting. Well, how lucky are we? Yeah. When you think of, and I I I, I don't lose sight of this every day last year was a train wreck i mean everybody took it in the chops sure but i mean not 100 percent, nor yep. near 100 percent. but we're up and running again i mean yep. we're how lucky are oh, guys sure. like you and me and yep. we, we're back up and running and you think all these poor people the gyms oh. and restaurants at 25 percent oh and, yeah i was just looking at you know the december numbers overall 
in in uh, Nevada were way way down. Not necessarily the sports books. Like they're like you said, they're insulated, and it's again because they have they were quick to put the mobile apps in place, and people are using those. You don't have to go into the sports. Isn't it amazing that a decade ago? You got yelled at. Get out of here. You can't have a phone yeah. in the sports book. And now it's the oxygen tank of the industry. It's like a timeout in the second half. The the real incredible thing is how some of these states that have passed sports wagering have yet to come around to add mobile to the mix. Mm-hmm. I've written about this. I wrote about a month and a half ago about how New York is dragging its feet. Unbelievable. Uh, and uh, there are so many There are examples of how to do it. Nevada has been doing it for a long time. New Jersey has done it right. Um, but how many states are not doing it right and they're not adopting the mobile and they're letting money sit there? There's other reasons. Andrew Cuomo's got his whole set of reasons why he doesn't think it's good. Uh, but uh, listen, New York, is this is one of the reasons New Jersey is doing so well. Well, I mean, there's a, I get Super Bowl week. I mean, the the problem was, the hypocrisy of the NFL yeah, for all those years. But now there's money in it, and all of a sudden, oh, yeah, this is cool. And yeah. they embrace it, and they wrap their arms around it because they're getting a chunk of the pie. But and then you say, Cuomo says, what's not good about in other states? But they would have no problem. And I used to watch this all the time back in New York State. They got no problem if you go to a liquor store. Yeah. And let some guy or gal sit there and burn their whole paycheck playing Lobby. Kino. Yeah. Playing playing the, the state run Kino. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. But sports is bad. Yeah. And it's an it's incredible. And New York is uh, there there are some politicians there in the assembly in Albany who who are very pro let's get this mobile thing up and running. The more politicians get involved with it. I mean, look at Mississippi, how their answer to this was okay. We'll have mobile, but only on the premises of the hotel sportsbook. So if you're in the buffet at the Beau Rivage, you can bet. You go out in the parking lot and drive home, you can't on your mobile. I mean, you talk about convoluted. Uh, so the it, it's very frustrating for those of us who watch the industry and, and see who's doing it right and the states that aren't doing it right. And the, other enti- the other entity that you have to uh, deal with in this is the Native American casinos. They want their slice of the pie. They don't want that money walking out the door on them. So you have to negotiate with them to get uh, any kind of gambling done in your state. Well, the states that have that, this is a big problem in California now, and I wrote about this too. Um, the uh, the uh, the Indian casinos and the racetracks want to, they sort of came in together on a, on a proposal there, but only on site. They don't want it off site. They want you there and having mm-hmm. to do it. That is a, that's short-sighted. Overall, but this shows in some of these states, California in particular, the uh, the the Indian gaming lobby has got, uh, and that's another story I wrote. California's got some other things going on that's that's very uh, that are very crazy. But <laughs> we know it's where it should go, and they're not all there yet. Hey, let's go back to where we started with the golf Stafford deal. The one thing, the irony of irony is Stafford had one team on it. Was, no no trade. I ain't going there, and he he had a say in it. He did not want any part of the Patriots, which is amazing because of Patricia. He basically said, nope, I will not go there. But now you'd have to think. I think, well, Indy in New England, Carolina, when they get in on Deshaun Watson, if, if, the, if, if 
um, the Lions got all that and more, you know, for a guy like Stafford. What are the Texans going to get back for Watson? What could that? What could the price tag on sure. this be? Oh, it could be bigger um, if the Texans are going to do it. Now they've hired this new coach, Cully, who seems to believe that he's going to come in there with Watson, and the management is saying, "Yeah." From what he I'm better hearing, have a pretty big band aid. Yeah, because Watson's going to Watson's going to be in control of this, and to the point where I don't think he wants to even report, and he's demanded the trade. I think the new owner, the founding. Uh, owner Mr. McNair's son. I think there's a real problem there. Um, he wants out, and the, the um, Texans can be obstinate about it if they want. But I mean, they they're going to have to make a move at some point. Also, Carson Wentz. We'll see how this plays out in Philadelphia. I think they got rid of Peterson, thinking we're going to we're going to opt for Wentz instead of uh, Peterson. But that there could be something happening there. Uh, I still think something could happen with Aaron Rodgers and um, Jimmy G. There's talk about the he, Niners could move him back to, to the, the Patriots. Patriots. Yeah. Um, you okay on obstinate, Stevie? Do you need a you no, need, no, no? You I'm, need I'm, an update. You I'm, got that one? Or? I'm I'm okay with obstinate. By the way, Bruce, <laughs> did did you hear uh, Shanahan did, did uh, some kind of presser and and kind of brought up the name Matt Ryan, who who he worked with in Atlanta as his OC, and 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 maybe if Jimmy G heads to New England, I you know you'd have to make some kind of deal, and again it'd be a blockbuster deal. And maybe it can't be done, but but there uh, it seems that there is interest with Mr. Shanahan in uh, Matt Ryan. Yes, and because he had been there at Atlanta before, and that's Ryan's another guy who could move. Remember, they were they were talking about Ryan and and Julio Jones maybe being on the market before the trade deadline this past autumn. So Ryan's another name that could get uh, thrown into the mix. But I I can't believe that we've seen the last of this yet. Um, and something's going to happen with Watson, I think. Uh, and Wentz is the interesting one. Uh, then, you know, maybe Rodgers, maybe Ryan, maybe Jimmy G. But there's a lot of teams that need help. There's also a pretty good quarterback class coming up, too. So some of these teams, uh, Carolina, for example, would be one, would be okay keeping Bridgewater as a bridge quarterback to to one of the rookies coming in. Washington looks like they're a quarterback away from being a serious threat. So Watts, if Watson's really on the market... I expect Washington to be very Here's active another in one. pursuit. Here's another one. There's a, some reports out there. It, it, I mean, if you're Houston, it's one thing to move the guy, but you got to get something you can hang your hat on. There's talk of Watson to Miami. Yes. And Tua goes goes back to Houston. And, and it seems like the jury's way out on Tua. I, I think the jury is final on Tua. If yeah. they don't think he can do it, he can't. Th- he he's can't got stretch the field. He's packed. He's got, I like call it Paxton Lynch itis. All everything's a check down. Everything's a check. He can't. He doesn't have any confidence throwing that field. I know he's just a rookie, but I think Miami could make a move. From what we'd heard, Watson's two choices of preference were one Jets, two Miami, and those are teams with draft pick capital to make it happen. Now Houston is trying to draw the line in the sand here, but they would be foolish, I think, not to get serious about doing this. We'll see. Could you imagine? I mean, out of nowhere, all those years, it'd be my luck. After all those years of getting pitchforked by the Patriots, now the Bills are built to be good for the long haul. But could you imagine? Patriots get Garoppolo, Dolphins get Watson. I mean, I mean, how good? I mean, because those teams are not far away. No, remember, no, none of those teams are far away. One thing about New England this year, a lot of people say, "Ah, Brady was leaving." Listen, that offense was broke by the time Brady left. Belichick's bigger problem this year was. Wait, the offense was a problem, but he had a lot of guys opt out on defense. He had Hightower, Chung, others. 
injuries were bad. New England could look a lot different next year with these guys back and a different quarterback in the mix. So uh, to be determined with the Patriots. It's going to be a great offseason in the yeah. NFL. I mean, the draft is always great fun. That's our target date, hopefully, for an element of normalcy is to do our draft party again here in some fashion. And hopefully that's maybe as we slowly start to turn the corner. When, when do you think, Bruce, do you think by – and I, this is unfair. I mean, you're, you, do you think by next football season are we – are we still with diminished crowd capacity? Or when is the day that we get full arenas again? I think it's going to be diminished at least through this year at best. Yeah. This is my gut feel. It won't be. And the mask thing may go a lot longer. So a year from today, 2022, February 1, we're going to be still talking about some of this stuff. But I think you'll see diminished crowds. This is my gut feel. Mm. In the fall, and this is for the outdoor stadiums. The indoor stadiums, I'm I'm not sure, but uh, uh, we better we got it's we're a ways to go with this thing yet. Early in the week, do you have a a flow to the game? How you feel? I, I, my first opinion, and it's like don't go overboard what you last saw, but Kansas City, other than Hardman fumbling that punt, played their best game of the year. Yeah, you know, and, and I'm like, if they play like that and that defense plays like that and they could get to Allen the way they did, they can get to Brady. Kansas City, uh, and almost all of its playoff games the last two years and many of its regular season games, everything turns around in a very short period of time for them. They get hot, they go on this roll, and part of it is that their defense is able to get them the ball back very quickly. So Spagnuolo has actually done a decent job with this, it happened in the Super Bowl last year. It happened in the Buffalo game in the second quarter. That thing got they, away. No one, no one really shut down the Bills like that all year. No one was right. open. Yeah, everybody's pointing fingers at Josh Allen. He was taking those sacks. They were coverage sacks because no one was. He had nowhere to throw. Yeah, it was that game was not on Josh well, Allen. Well, Spagnuolo's defense has, has done well in that, but th- this is the challenge for Brady because you know that's coming. For Kansas City, and you have got to somehow stem that a little bit. You need a few first downs. Buffalo went, what, three times three and out there. The game got away from them in the second quarter. One play, Bruce, one play. Yep. They're up 9 nothing. They yep. got it back. Yeah. Third down, jailhouse blitz. Allen throws a feather to Singletary. Could have walked for the first down. Yep. They could have got down and scored again. Yep. But Casey starts slow. And then That's yep. their M.O. Last year in the playoffs, think about it. Think about uh, the Tennessee game down last year. Down 21 Think about the Houston game last year. And all of a sudden, the games turn around. And that's what Tempe has to prevent. All right, we're going to wrap up this edition of Sportsbook Radio Series Channel 204. Coming back to Sunset Station in a moment. There's a pandemic going on out there. It's catchy. It's called The Winning Edge. And the only place you can get it is right here. Get on the grid. And stay there. We are the sports. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Don't think of us as a place to just hear sports talk. Think of us more as an all-you-can-listen buffet of live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, back, back to wrap up Sportsbook Radio from Sunset Station. Saturday nights to do a hockey show with Cam Stewart. Uh, it's called Light the Lamp on Sirius 204. 
and we talk about all this, a lot of these hockey angles and a lot of good Bruce and I were just talking hockey <laughs> during the break. And Cam's beside himself because we can't figure out. We're so both of us. You had mentioned how bad Ottawa is. We were just talking about that. I thought these kids compete. They're going to be really good in time. I mean, they have collectively, these kids run for the bus. Yeah. They're horrible. Well, they're not playing defense. I mean, they're trying, but you've got to, I mean, I think when they have the puck, but you've got to, this is the difference. Keith Jones said this last week. He said, look at Chicago and look at Ottawa. They said, you know, both sort of young teams said, Chicago's playing defense too. They're working on the other, uh, in their end of the ice. And Ottawa's not. And they're just wanting to get the puck and move up ice. He said, but they are, I mean, you talk about a guy under siege. I mean, Murray has been completely under siege. Oh, he looks terrible. He looks too. bad. But and, he looks bad in the defense. And level. Chicago doesn't look bad, though. I, I like, I, we, I took them yesterday. They're playing well. Well, we're 10 games into this now. We're starting to get a read on most teams. I mean, Dallas, how about, I mean, New Carolina was going to be good. They're just starting their season. They're 5 and 1. Well, these teams off the long break, we were Dallas, it took a while. Yeah. They, they came out. Really good. Carolina had the break. They've played well since the break. So sometimes being off doesn't hurt. Maybe that'll be the Golden Knights next week. Tell them about the golden, uh, gold sheet and all the goodies. Yeah, thanks, Brian. We've got the new Super Bowl issue up there right now. Uh, or tonight it will be available at goldsheet.com. We give you our Super Bowl pick and all the uh, little angles and tidbits. It's also up on uh, our story this week. Goldsheet.com. My picks there are also VegasInsider.Best.com. Goldsheet basketball every day. Great to see you, Bruce. Thank yep. you for doing this. Okay, listen. Big week ahead. Let's see. Tomorrow's Tony Tuesdays. Tony's Tuesday. We'll get Tony Neville, Treasure Island, Tony Miller from the Golden Nugget. Thursday and Friday, we're over in the Superbook at the Westgate. Our annual Super Bowl prop show. There's going to be great fun. Dive through all the props. It's going to be a ball. We're going to have a great week, and we invite you to keep it right here. Locally, we're not done. Vegas Hockey Island, KSHP.com. Listen live function there. Follow Stevie on Twitter at Stevie Slapshot. Follow me at Brian Blessing. Vegas Hockey Island's coming up next with Mike Lewis from the Suncoast. Chuck Esposito is going to swing by for Vegas Hockey Island. Scott Farrell's coming up next on Sirius Channel 204. Hope everybody has a good day. It's Super Bowl week, and we are just getting started. Live on, lines, matchups, injury reports, and